Hey everyone, and welcome to another exciting episode of Battle of the Atom. This is our weekly X-Men podcast where we normally rank every story from A to Z, uh, but instead we're doing something different this week. Uh, Adam couldn't make it, so we're missing a bit of our A, but instead uh, we've, we've brought in somebody uh, that I'm very excited to talk to. Uh, you may I'm Zach, by the way. You guys already knew that, right? Uh, you may know him from his work on, well, currently X-Men Unlimited uh, featuring our boy Maggot. Uh, but also previously uh, books like Frendo, uh, Arcadia, the Lords of Empire tie-in, Hulk, uh, Time of Monsters, uh, and some work over at DC uh, coming up really soon, like uh, DC versus Vampires All Out War. It is Alex Packnado. Alex, how are you today? I'm very well, thank you. Yeah, sorry, it's, uh, it's knocking on a bit here, but yeah, lo- lovely to be on. Thanks for having me. It's exciting. I'll tell you... Uh, I've been I've been a fan of your work since I started, uh, you know, being aware of it. Uh, I know you are part of the White Noise Collective, a uh, couple of uh, writers who are doing some really exciting things over in comics. And you know, when this popped up with you writing a character that I have long considered one of my favorite obscure, you know, dudes. I, I was I was pretty pumped about that. So you know, tell uh, for folks who may not know you since. You know, X-Men fans tend to be, how do you say, insular in their reading. Uh, you know, what, what, what's your background? Uh, how'd you, how'd you end up in this position here? Oh, um, you want me to Copperfield it or, or just the comics bit? Whatever bit you think is oh. going to be relevant to this conversation about a man with slug bellies. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, so I, I mean, I've, I've been working in comics, uh, since 2015 i guess just sort of trying to you know um what you know um making sort of uh, uh, lateral moves you know sort of in and out of of indie comics uh recently been getting some Mm -hmm. some some big two work which is great um uh hopefully no in fact there there is more on the horizon which which is which is exciting um and um yeah uh uh uh, lauren amaro um, who I worked with um, on the uh, Lords of Empire uh, tie-ins. Um, she reached out to me a few months ago, and um, I think she just made a move over to the X office um, and asked me mm-hmm. if I wanted to do some unlimited stuff. And I mean, honestly, I mean, if this isn't too cringe, um, you know, X Men's always been kind of the brass ring for me. You know, that's that's where I started reading comics. Um, my mm-hmm. dad kind of blooded me into comics with like Claremont Cockrum and Claremont Byrne X-Men. You know, that's that's what, you know, when I was in hospital as a kid and, you know, I wasn't allowed to read comics, that was the run that he brought into me. Uh, so, you know, there's the obligatory sob story. But genuinely, like X-Men was, you know, X-Men is my kind of first and last love. So, you know, when when Lauren said, you know, do you want to do a run on, um, you know, do you want to do, do you want to do a short X Men run? Um, yeah, I uh, I lost my skittles. It's fair to say. 
So browbeating your children into reading Claremont is an effective strategy. That's what I'm hearing. Oh, 100%. Yeah. Good, um, good, good. Because I'm, uh, I'm true, true, true story. Um, my dad um, picked up. <laughs> Uh, he 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 managed to. A friend of his was working in uh, London. Sorry, this is terribly tortuous, but this is absolutely true. Uh, my dad's friend was working in a, a London, a, a Britain's first uh, first specialty comic store, which was called Dark They Were and Gold Knight. Mm-hmm. And they they managed to get uh, copies of Giant Size X Men One in, and very few made it to the UK. There was a like a printing snafu, and 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 very few made it. But my dad managed to get one. I think he bought it for like the princely sum of like five pounds. So that was like an incredible amount of money. And um, on his way home, he was, uh, he was hit by a car uh, on his bicycle and um, he, he twisted in midair. This is absolutely true. He twisted in midair so that his body would absorb the brunt of the impact rather than the comic. Which you know, so he he understood what he was supposed to do there. We have to sacrifice so, for yeah. the yeah, like it, it, but it's in, it's it's also like I mean, it's insane, right? I mean, like I love comics. Oh, absolutely. Like like, but you know, that's I I love that particular comic, but like I'm mean, I'm sorry, but it's not it's not it's absorbing the you know, it's if it's between the comic and me, like it's the comic, you know. <laughs> no, I think that I think that is absolutely fair. Uh, so you have you've had a background you know enjoying this you've obviously had uh you know a handful of books uh, that have come out that have been very well acclaimed i know uh, specifically when i was at the last comic con that happened before comic cons happened again uh c2e2 back in 2020 i guess it was right before the pandemic there yeah. was a panel uh that announced uh, you were going to be doing those lords of empire tie-ins and uh one of my good buddies who was i was there with uh chris edelman uh yeah. heard your name and the audience and i think it was brevort said you know alex pacno you may know him who here who hears red friendo and he was insanely excited to hear uh that you were going to be jumping on and doing some work there um yeah no i, I heard that i think um um al my buddy al ewing i think was on that panel um al was on that panel yes yeah and like honestly um I think like, you know, there was a bit of incredulity uh, initially because, you know, I was I was writing the, um, uh, you know, I was writing a couple of like peripheral tie ins and um, it was it was good because the the great thing about tie ins is that you get to kind of laser focus on something that gets kind of glossed over in or or can be glossed over sort of in the sort of wider conflict. Mm -hmm. Um, and like in a lot of respects, you're like a lot freer than you are anywhere else. Like I genuinely, like if anyone ever offers me an event tie-in, I'll just grab it with both hands. You know, yes, you know, I turn to Meg Ryan in When Harry Met Sally. Like I absolutely love them. Just a, a done-in-one story with consequences where you don't have to put the furniture back the way you found it. You know, like the, the, mm-hmm. in event tie-ins, stuff can change. They're great. They're just great. That's exciting. Now you're going from that, and, you know, those those stories, which were a few years back now, I mean, it was around Swordsman and Sequoia, who are not, I would say, the top tier Marvel characters, just no. in terms of their IP. Like, you can you can mess with them. It's fine. Yeah. And in in this story that you're doing right now for X-Men Unlimited, you are featuring Maggot. Hmm. Maggot, a character who. The most has... interesting, the most interesting X-Men. Yes. I wasn't going to say it, yeah, it's uh, true. but you know, hundred yeah, percent. <laughs> listen, 
listen, Alex, Alex, you're talking to a guy who has one, two, three to four framed pieces of art of maggots sitting in his uh, office right now. So I, uh, I can appreciate, <laughs> I can appreciate what you're doing with this gentleman. Uh, I am, I am not one of the, how do you say, like, this is not a let's talk maggot account uh, for people who are on Twitter for about three years ago. No, this is a, uh, this is just a character that I've had a lot of affection for, you know, reading some of the stuff back in the nineties and then, mm-hmm. you know, always loving those weird characters. But, you know, this is, this is a character that I would say has a lot of flexibility. He's still not as fleshed out as some of the other more prestigious members of the X-Men. So what drew you to maggot and making him the center point of the story that you're telling? I mean, honestly, um, you know, Lauren, um, Lauren said, who, who are you interested in? Um, and the list I gave, the list I gave Lauren, I'll tell you, um, the list I gave Lauren, um, oh no, there were a few others, but the, 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 the main ones I've always wanted to get my hands on, uh, cause I think they're most interesting, um, conceptually, not necessarily his characters, but conceptually, um, Mm-hmm. Uh, Cypher, I think Cypher is absolutely fascinating. Um, Madrox, there's so much to be done with Madrox, uh, which is not to say that people aren't doing admirable and wonderful things with Madrox because they are, but like there's, yeah, Mad, like Madrox, like I, I have a, a, a pitch in my back pocket for Madrox that like I would love to do someday. Um, and I think again, fascinating. And the other was with the, the other was the other was Maggot. Um, and I, I, I think, um, you know, the the attraction is for, for me on a character level is the kind of the 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 the, the iceberg of him. You know, um, the fact that you um, you have this sort of gossamer thin uh, bravado, um, but you know, underneath there are sort of still waters that run very, very deep. You know, this is someone who is intensely vulnerable. Um, and, um, but who, 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 who affects this kind of persona, um, and, you know, it's never particularly convincing, but it, I, it it is, however, I, I think anyway, just incredibly endearing, you know, and there's also, it's not, I I don't think it's, um, I don't think it's like a sort of hollow, uh, I don't think it's, there isn't a hollowness to that performance. I think there's Mm -hmm. also you know, a, a genuine, um, just, you know, how, how can I, I'm trying to sort of find the right words. I apologize. It's quite late here. Sorry. But, um, it, yeah, just oh, fine. I, I, I love the fact that there's a sort of, that there's just this innocence to him that I've always responded to ever since the character kind of first appeared. Um, and weirdly, you know, when there was that sort of you know, he sort of fell out of favor for a while, didn't he? Um, which I never understood because I always thought, I mean, it was just, I remember like even, you know, like, you know, but back in the 90s, you know, the introduction of the character, I mean, just what a, what a fascinating concept. And, you know, what, uh, I think like predates, um, predates someone like Phantom X, who's broadly oh, yeah. quite, you know, Ph- Phantom X broadly, you know, in, in terms of the sort of the power set, quite similar um and you know that's but you know phantom x is this sort of you know morrisonian high watermark uh whereas you know maggot for a while kind of faded into the background un- un- unfairly in my view 
Um, so yeah, I mean, no, ab- and, absolutely. It's a character that it's a character that would routinely make listicles of here's the worst Marvel characters ever, which I always found unfair because I've read the dang stories and he's good. He rules a hundred percent. And, and also, I mean, you know, he is a, you know, he's a walking telepathic hive mind. I mean, my God, mm-hmm. I mean, it's just fascinating all the way down. You know, there's so much, I mean, and by the way, like, you know, I'm not about to kind of, I'm not about to come out and say, you know, I've done it lads because, you know, my hope obviously is that, you know, um, uh, 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 better and, you know, better and younger and fresher writers will kind of, (laughs) you know, hopefully, you know, hopefully now that, you know, I I mean, other other people have sort of tried to, uh, you know, have, have sort of positioned him. Um, and, and, and put him sort of back in the spotlight, you know, way before me. But, you know, anything I can do to sort of aid the cause uh, is all to the good as far as I'm concerned. No, listen, listen, the uh, the maggot contingent uh, is very, very happy about that work. Now, I want to I want to jump into the work specifically that you're doing, because I think this is. This is the kind of story that I don't think people expected to be told on this app in Marvel Unlimited. And I think one of the. Uh, one of the benefits of what the you know Lauren and the X Men team are doing with these uh, Marvel Unlimited comics, uh, and specifically X Men Unlimited, is saying, "Hey, no, we're making stories that matter that are going mm-hmm. to ask and answer questions that people have had with the story engine that is Krakoa." Yeah. So let me ask from your from your perspective here, you know, you jump in with a story of, "Hey, since like House of X, there has been a note about, hey, we we don't resurrect." two of the same people at the same time, that's going to be bad vibes for everybody. Mm. What was it about that question that made you jump in and say, yes, I want to answer it. I want to, I want this to be what I dig into. Um, like honestly, um, and you know, hand to God, um, that, that question, I, I won't say I arrived at independently. Um, but it certainly wasn't, um, it, it, it wasn't sort of back of mind when I came up with mm-hmm. the concept, right? It was, um, it was one of those, uh, I mean, but you know, I'm sure it was kind of percolating away somewhere, uh, but it wasn't, it, it wasn't something that I was kind of consciously keying into. I genuinely just thought, well, here's this, you know, here, here are the resurrection protocols, um, here's a really interesting mechanism, you know, because, and, and also I thought it was something that, um, you know, when, it, you know, as it inevitably must, you know, when it, you know, when it happens to a kind of what we may for convenience term, a marquee character, you know, that's obviously going to be a very kind of pivotal storyline. Um, right. But if it's, if it's a sort of, if it's a, if it's a failure of bureaucracy, right. If it's an administrative oversight, um, then you can kind of go low key with it in a way that also presents a kind of an on ramp, right? Um, and that's kind of the way I view that. That's that's the way I saw. I mean, to the extent that you know, I mean, we did have to coordinate with um, you know the whole X office. You know, I mean, my understanding is that mm-hmm. you know the the writers in the room all had eyes on it because you know. Uh, and and uh, I mean I don't think this is too inside baseball. You know there were um, there were certain areas that you know I wanted to explore and that I couldn't because 
it's it's still you know they're they're, they're waiting for that kind of gunpowder to get really dry before they ignite it you know um, right so uh, but you know for all that by the way you know that you know that i mean i had a tremendous amount of latitude i mean i was amazed what i got away with i mean particularly the the tenor of the thing you know because i i um you know i'm not the I don't, I don't think you know if anyone if anyone has read my work i mean i don't have the sunniest uh disposition uh and you know i said well you know i want to do something that's uh you know hopefully uh, a bit of a, a bit of a, a bit of a tearjerker, um, and you know they signed off on it and they were into it, and um, so you know I, I, I got to run with it. Um, but um, yeah, I mean, in terms of sort of coordinating across the offices and everything, I mean, the transparency was great, the feedback was great, and and honestly, I, you know, I mean, I'm over egging the pudding, but you know, there were there were a couple of areas, but like in the main, I I, I got this bewildering and unexpected sort of procession of yeses that I like never expected to get, you know, if nothing else, you know, just being able to do the story, like in that format, you know, just, Oh yeah. You know, do you mind mm-hmm. if it's on, in unlimited? Yeah, sure. You know, no problem. They dug it. Now I know the, uh, you know, Marvel's been experimenting with the infinite scroll kind of format for their unlimited comics. Uh, you know, was, did you have to adjust anything about your scripting style? Uh, to be jumping into a comic in that format. Uh, yeah, I mean, and I, I was very, you know, they were very, you know, Lauren was very generous. You know, she she sent me um, some of um, uh, uh, Hickman's scripts um, for the for the first arc. Sorry, I, I'm going to cough. I do apologize. <coughs> Um, yeah, um, um, I was sent um, Hickman's Hickman scripts for the first one that he did uh, with uh, Declan Shalvey. Um, mm-hmm. so I kind of got a sense of how they're composed and it, to be honest, I mean, um, in, in terms of the sort of brute mechanics of the thing, it's just, there are no page breaks, right? So you go from, you know, instead of going, you know, five, you know, four or five panels per page, the whole script is, you know, 30 panels, 35 panels. Um, mm-hmm. what was interesting to me and like, I spoke to Kieran Gillen about this before I did it because, you know, um, if if you want um, technical and storytelling advice, you you go to Kieran Gillen, um, and he just said, "Look, just have fun with the format. You know, you, there's a lot of scope for 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 that. You know, just just try and try and visualize the scroll and do do every you know every basically every interesting trick in the book. You know that you can think of. Just give it a go. You know, this is the place to do it." Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, there's a bit of that, you know, there's, you know, people throwing things from, you know, one panel into another panel. And um, uh, I think, you know, there was one I was quite proud of, which is where, you know, you had um, uh, the, 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 the sort of the husk of, um, of Eni's sort of uh, immature form. And it goes from, you know, an environment panel into negative space and then back into an environment panel with various kind of characters. Mm-hmm. Uh, situated around it stuff like that you know um but i i mean i have to say i mean what worked um worked uh because of julian not because of me you know julian absolutely took those ideas ran with them made them work um it was an absolutely joyous collaboration um and you know i i i have this i have a a, a strong suspicion that i've borrowed him from greatness <laughs> I would not say that a comic about uh, 
you know, Maggot and his very angry slugs who are trying to just get through things right now uh, <laughs> would be barring anyone from greatness. I think that's greatness in and of itself. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. And you are you are. Yeah, you are talking about Julian Shaw, who is the uh, who is the artist bringing this story uh, to life. Yeah. Who's, who's making it a comic, really? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. I, I, yeah, it was just uh, uh, it, it, when, when you're really kind of when a collaboration's working every time you open an attachment, you know, uh, with, with the latest kind of thumbnails or whatever, it feels like Christmas and mm-hmm. it felt like Christmas every single time. No, that's a that is good to hear. I know it's a uh, it's it's always interesting. Some of the arranged marriages that you get with uh, the big two work. That puts you together, and it's good to hear the uh, that this one worked out very well. And I think I think it came across in uh, in the work. There's a there's a lot of dynamicism to this. There's a lot of great character acting and emotion in this, and I think that's important for this story, which is for people who don't know a story about Maggot trying to one deal with his place in Krakoa, being a you know hated character, quote unquote. Uh, and being a guy who now also has to deal with resurrection and that maybe one of his slugs got accidentally resurrected, even if it wasn't dead. Now, I think I think that part is interesting because you don't just have Maggot there. You have two characters who play the role of, you know, the angel and the devil around him. Uh, you got Emma Frost, who is in a very antagonistic role, but, mm. you know, one that's more, you know, it's not a evil role. This is not returning her to being a crazy villain. This is her looking at a situation and saying, well, this just won't do. It's a, it's a bug. We will squish it. And then we will resolve this very pragmatically. Yeah. Uh, versus a character like Wolverine, who is a clone and is saying, hold on. Yep. Why do you think yep. this is not a real person? You know, what, what drove you to those characters being the, uh, you know, the two kind of counterpoints surrounding maggot in this story? I mean, okay. Um, in turn, um honestly um uh emma frost um the, the the reasons were twofold right so first of all um that kind of um the sort of aristocratic bostonian comportment that she has i thought would play very very well in a kind of um how can I put it? Like aggressively stentorian, like schoolmarmish way. Um, mm-hmm. You know, so- someone who is going to um, see, you know, a a you know, very kind of you know, uncompromising and unequivocal. Um, you know, there is a solution to this um, that requires, you know, uh, yeah, okay, um, a little bit of um, very pragmatic brutality. Um, and if we see it through, uh, all the bad things go away. Um, and, you know, there are only a couple people on Krakoa, I think, who have that very Gimlet-eyed utilitarian view of things um, without right. w- without being sadists, frankly, right? Um, and I think Emma Frost is one of them. You know, this is a character who's long, you know, long rehabilitated, um, but will still... Um, will still aggressively pursue the shortest distance between two points, you know? Um, and, you know, if you have to cut a few ethical corners along the way, so be it. Um, that's the appeal of the character, right? 
Um, and um, the second reason I wanted to use her, frankly, and um, it, it, it's honestly just because I... <laughs> Uh, and, and look, you know, readers will be the judge, but like, I just had a tremendous amount of fun with her dialogue. You know, I, ju- I just imagined her being the most um, aloof, haughtily sardonic character it's possible to have. So, you know, she's everything's in reference to sort of uh, designer furniture and, you know, uh, fine dining and just but just withering constantly withering and i was just having a lot of fun with that um mm-hmm. and you know you you have to you have to entertain yourself first and foremost you know so yeah i mean i, I just honestly like there were points i thought okay i'm basically writing her as a really like a like a basically like a really really cruel kind of restaurant critic you know was kind of how i was trying to write emma frost um <laughs> And the but the the choice uh, the choice to use Wolverine I thought was was much more um, was much more organic. I mean, I, because I, I think their characters that Maga and and, and Laura um, are characters that um, rhyme in in a very kind of multifaceted ways, right? Like it's it's not just on one level. They're very very. They're very they're very interesting characters in their own right, but I I I was just thinking about it. okay, well, who's going to be a good, you know, not just who's going to be a good foil for Maggot, but you know, who will he right. in turn be a good foil for? And I was thinking, and, and it suddenly struck me, um, well, you know, Wolverine, and there, there there are so many kind of points of you know points where they intersect, you know, as as you say, you know, there's the. Um, uh, when the Eni issue actually arises, you know, Laura's going to have a lot invested in that personally, you know, as someone who is in some quarters considered, you know, um, uh, a, a, you know, a, 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 you know, an aberration, I guess. Um, mm-hmm. uh, and, you know, is, is going to have an immediate emotional investment in the sort of well-being of Eni. Um, but in terms of her relationship actually with Japheth, and this was the thing that first, and I, tr- I tried to sort of relay that in the very first part, um, you know, where, you know, in the, in the first, in the first chapter, you know, Maggot's been benched because, you know, they basically, they want him there effectively to clean up a spill. Right. Um, right. Uh, because, you know, there's a, there's a character called D, you know, DK decay who, you know, everything he touches, you know, he's, he's basically a toxic sludge monster. Um, and you know, the, the, you know, they, they invite maggot because, you know, Eni and Meanie famously can eat absolutely anything, you know, including like toxic waste. So basically they, he's going to kind of decontaminate the site. Um, and he's, but I mean, and I hope I set this up well, you know, Laura's trying to tell him the whole time, like, look, like I'm a Wolverine, like that's what we do. We do the job nobody mm-hmm. else wants to do. Um, you know, uh, famously, you know, uh, I'm the best there is at what I do, but what I do isn't very nice. Um, mm-hmm. And all Wolverines, you know, that that they occupy that role on the team. It's the thing that you know everyone turns their backs. And like Laura or Logan will take care of it, you know. Um, and I thought, well, yeah, that's that's pretty much that's what that's the role that Maggot has been 
assigned for the longest time. Um, and so, you know, there's no, I thought there's no good reason on earth why they wouldn't be, I mean, you know, I, I know it hasn't been sort of foregrounded before, but I thought like, you know, the hell with it. Like, yeah, they're best buds, you know, they get on really, really well. And I, I tried to sort of, I tried to give that relationship as much depth as I possibly could in the space that was allotted to me. You know, I wanted to make that friendship feel genuine, genuine and deep and textured and organic. At least for me, it's come through uh, pretty, you, pretty please. strongly in that I it was not it was not a pairing I anticipated ever seeing. And I think part of that's just because they come from, you know, different cohorts, let's say, mm. in in the comics. They are they are in different groups. And one of them went from a character that, you know, was coming in from TV and then boom, big star is Wolverine on the flagship X-Men team, you know is the big character. And the other one is a has been forgotten guy from the nineties. You know, you don't, you don't see that. I think the, I think the story engine of Krakoa and what they've done with the resurrection, what they've done with saying, Hey, everybody's here allows that to happen. Yeah. Now, one, one of the, one of the things that I think, uh, I think about a lot when I think about this era of comics is collaboration. You, you mentioned, you know they are a tightly knit group uh, in the uh, in the walls of the X office. Uh, but you're you're uh, no stranger to working collaboratively with uh, folks. Uh, you know you are you're a part of White Noise, which is a group. Uh, yourself, Dan Waters, and uh, you know Ron V, who are I would say fairly talented and really good uh, creators. Yeah, and, um, and 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 Brian O'Sullivan as well. Um, the um, so, uh, yeah, excuse the me, yeah. Yeah, of of, of uh, Fearscape um, and uh, Void Trip. Yeah, yeah, great, great bunch. Now, what has you know that relationship? You know, working working with people and even just having you know, peers that you can bounce off ideas on. In you know, a I I don't I caution to say the word formal in so much as you guys have named yourselves. Uh, but what what how has that experience helped sharpen uh, your storytelling and allowed you to? You know, be more effective as a creator. On honestly, I I think um, it's f- for me anyway. It, it, I mean, it's it's a tremendous help um, in terms of generating story engines. It's also a very very good if you're. Um, 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 how are we with cursing, by the way? I mean, go for it. We've got a button yeah, if we need it. it. It's a really good bull filter. Um, <laughs> so that's good, and and just a really good filter in general. So. Um, you know, I'll run, you know, we, it's, you know, it's, it's a, it's a, it's, you know, it's, it's a group chat, but it's also, you know, we help each other out and it's a laboratory as well. We kind of stress test ideas within the group. Um, we show each other everything first. I mean, you know, that's the great thing, you know, I mean, um, I, you know, the guys see what I'm up to, you know, I see what Ron's up to, I see what Ryan's up to, I see what Dan's up to, um, and um, we we have a a, a, a pretty um, inflexible arrangement whereby you know if any of us sort of needs story help, even if it's the eleventh hour, you know, and I mean the you know even if it's like you know one o'clock in the morning, um, and mm-hmm. you know one of us is struggling, you know, we are obligated to kind of pick up the phone. You know, we're we're also like the emergency services, and I think uh, I mean I don't want to speak for anyone else, but I mean I've certainly. Um, 
uh, availed myself of, of that facility more than once. You know, you've got a pitch due in the next day and something's just not clicking. And then, you mm-hmm. know, you'll speak to one or other, you know, um, and, you know, yeah, it's, it's not just me, you know, others have done it as well. You know, it's, um, but it's, it's, it's really good. And um, we don't, um, I, you know, we, it, it's weird, like, you know, uh, we, uh, when it first started, you know, there were all kinds of, you know, there were a lot of people who were telling us to kind of formalize it, right? Like, oh, you know, you guys should set up an LLC and, you know, you should have uh, a little, like a little logo that you put on all your books and, and everything. And um, uh, Ram, who is, you know, let's, you know, he's the smart one. Um you know, Ram always actively resisted that and just said, look, you know, the more formal we make this, the more likely it is to kind of fall apart uh, because, you know, resentments build and, you know, things get strange and then you introduce money into the mix and it all gets really, really peculiar. We just keep it as a writer's, an ongoing writer's surgery and we, we help each other out when we can, no questions asked. And that's what it's remained. And... It you know it's great I you know I like look I mean I'm not going to claim credit for anyone else's work but I mean I think it's fair to say that everything you read from us has had to a greater or lesser extent some input from all of us. Mm-hmm. No, it's uh I mean listen between uh the output of everyone from from y'all that I've read uh. And I, I was just staring back at my bookshelf that's right by me, and it's like, okay, that one's white noise, white noise. Like, okay, well, it's a heck of a lot. You guys are doing doing pretty okay with that. Yeah, like it's 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 uh, it's weird, man. Like you know, it all it all started in, in a bar at um, London Super Comic Con, uh, like mm-hmm. about five years ago, and. We were all in very, very different places, and it, I, in fact, you know, the first, uh, our, our, you know, the first time we all met, um, the first time we were all in the same room, we 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 had one of those like adorable sitcom situations because Ryan had a book coming out called Turncoat, and I was having a book out mm-hmm. through Boom called Turncoat, um, and you know, it, it was all kind of resolved amicably, but you know, that was really kind of, I think that was the sort of. That was the sort of the, the 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 conversational like in was you know we were both in this kind of horrible situation where we both had books with the same title. It's good to hear. I think I think the amount of collaboration that I th- I think has always been there to some extent uh, in comics. You know, you always have a peer group. You always have the folks that you you know work with and bounce ideas off of. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, this is not a new thing. Like at all. Yeah. We just got a stupid. Name. I, I, I didn't think Friends was that that in innovative of a thing that you guys have yeah. done, but but you <laughs> exactly. named it, and I think I, I I think that's something that has oddly been a big thing. Just seeing in comics over the last little bit is showing what the power of that collaborative process is because you know script writing and and that that can be a writing in general can be a very isolated process for some people. Yeah, exactly, showing, and like, like and, and you know, honestly, like we 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 it, we talk every day, every single day. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it not a day goes by that we don't that we don't talk. So yeah, no, you're you're absolutely right. You know, because otherwise you're kind of you're 
you're you're you're up there in your kind of ivory tower and um or well you know in in your underwear surrounded by pizza boxes depending on you know <laughs> depending you know de- depending on you know your preferred environment but um mm-hmm. yeah it, it it's just it's um it, it's less i mean particularly during lockdown as well i mean it was an absolute lifeline um you know just because weirdly you know we we, we generally because we talk remotely most of the time Bizarrely, right. it was it was a very kind of normalizing, it was a very normalizing thing to do because we were we were having conversations the same way we always have conversations. So it you know it was one of the few things that had that didn't just sort of turn into a weird kind of you know upside down version of itself. You know when when the pandemic well, was at its height. You know we I had a I had a similar reaction with the writers from uh, my site just being able to have some sort of collaborative environment that you could get some amount of interaction with other people and feel just a little bit normal, especially during the, uh, the heights of everything. Yeah. Uh, you know, it was definitely valuable and it was a lot better than spending time on Twitter where a handful of people did ask a couple of questions of you, Alex. Oh, okay. So we're going to, we're going to jump into just a couple of those. Uh, this first one comes to us from uh, Rob who asks, what's a book or movie that you've read recently that you wish more people knew about? Oh, uh, okay. Uh, yeah. Uh, um, uh, so I'll do, uh, it's not a recent one, but I always encourage people to watch it. Um, there's a, a French movie, uh, I, um, called heartbeat detector, um, which, uh, everyone should watch. It's, it's wonderful. Uh, it's the, um, the, uh, the cheery story of, um, a, uh, a business executive who discovers that um, uh, management jargon uh, has a direct line to the rise of fascism. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it's a, a very very wonderful and it's a very very wonderful and very kind of Parisian left bank uh, movie. Yeah, I, I recommend it to absolutely everybody. And um, in terms of, I mean, I'll tell you what I'm reading now. Um, I'm um, I'm reading a book by Mary Douglas called Purity and Danger, um, which is all about the um, the sort of the dialectics of purity. You know, um, it's it's very sort of it's very academic, but you know uh, that's my background. Uh, but but it, it it's um, how how cultures and individuals uh, problematize inside and outside, pure and impure, etc. Um, and yeah, it's for, for a thing I'm working on, but it's, it's very interesting. Uh, novel wise, um, I just finished a uh, Grendel by John Gardner, which is, uh, one of the most beautiful novellas I think I've ever read. It's just, it's, um, it's Grendel from, from, it, you know, it's Beowulf from, from Grendel's point of view, but it's a m- more of a kind of, uh, existential sort of, uh, creed occur you know it's it's wonderful it's beautifully written as well absolutely beautiful those are uh, folks folks read things and watch things that aren't comics it'll help you oh do you know uh, like it's that, that was one of the best pieces of advice that was ever given to me you know um a long time ago um it was um if you <laughs> I, I love comics i you know i read a ton of them um but exposing yourself to uh, as as much you know different media as you possibly can being as kind of culturally omnivorous 
as you possibly can. I think if you, if you particularly if you want to create, I think it is mm-hmm. so important uh, because you know you, you uh, at its best. And I'm not, you know, this is not. Um, I again, you know, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not claiming that you know my stuff is earth shattering by any stretch of the imagination. But I think it it just it means that you're 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 hopefully bringing something you're importing rather than recycling you know what i mean right no i think i think comics especially superhero comics can have a tendency to be an ouroboros uh can start eating its own tail and bringing in other influences and just other experiences can very much help in terms of creation also folks it helps it helps in terms of reading because you get other good stories and you're like, right, books without pictures, sometimes great. <laughs> well, I mean, even on the art level, right? I mean, you know, um, Sean Phillips um, is, is a good friend of mine. You know, he lives 10 minutes up the road. Um, mm-hmm. I, I don't know whether it's every Wednesday or every Thursday, but certainly every week goes to a life drawing class. You know, it's uh, it's just bringing new stuff in. Yeah, I think, yeah, yeah. Now, you know, you, you're bringing, bringing new stuff in. Uh, but you know, sometimes, especially with a character like Maggot, you got to get stuff out. So, uh, Tim Mayhem asks, what problem would you like to solve by feeding it to a biomechanical slug? Oh, um, <laughs> I could think of a few really appalling people I'd like to feed to a biomechanical slug, but you know, maybe this is the wrong meeting. Um, <laughs> um, what problem? Um, Okay, so we can feed concepts to biomechanical slugs, right? I think we um, can feed concepts to things. This is a theoretical. This is a theoretical. Okay. Hmm. <sighs> Sorry, this is something that I would have to sort of ordinarily sit with for like 20 minutes. You know what? I, I, it's something that I was talking to a friend about the other day. Um, and I think mm. something that something that I would feed to a biomechanical to a biomechanical creature is the notion that art should be therapy rather than therapeutic. Um, I would agree with that. Um, I, I, I don't think art should be therapy. I think it should be therapeutic. I think they're very different things. That is, that is a very deep thought with Alex Packnadel here. Uh, <laughs> not my thought, not my thought, but I agree with it. <laughs> no, no, no. I, I, I hear where you're coming from. Uh, Dan Grote asks, if your three fellows in White Noise are Japheth, Eni, and Meanie, who is who? So Alex is not in this, just looking at the rest of y'all. Who's Japheth? Who is Eni? Who is Meanie? Oh, man. <laughs> that's, that, that's brutal. Like, okay, so... Because then, oh, man, that's like, that's like saying which one of you is Ringo. You know what I mean? Like... <laughs> which I'm, one? Which one is Ringo? Hold on. Which one of the slugs do you think doesn't belong? Or is just uh, very lucky to be here? Yeah. I thought we were a pro maggot podcast over here. <laughs> no, no, it's it's no it, it come on. It's it's like Oh I mean mm, Ram Ram has amazing hair. Let's run with that. He has the best hair, so he Ram can does be, have amazing hair. So he can be Japheth, so that's cool because he has the best hair. Um <laughs> Um, 
Yeah, I don't know. So, so you know, which one is a sort of quasi-parasitic endosymbiont? Like, I mean, I guess that's... Uh, yeah, I mean, okay, they're both me. Then that way I get to take the hit. Let's run with that. <laughs> <laughs> that'll, that'll work. That'll work. Yeah, there uh, you go. Last question for you from I'm a Face Guy. Uh, says, 2022 is the year of Maggot. There is an action figure, an X-Men Unlimited arc, and even a hero clicks, which as a side note, two side notes, one, it is completely uh, dominating the hero clicks metagame, apparently. It turns out Maggot is a very competitively uh, viable source for that game that I do not understand. Also, mm. thing number two, apparently uh, my love for Maggot inspired the people who created the Maggot hero clicks, and that's not a joke, and that's a very weird thing that is happening. That's uh, but that's God, that's God's work, sir. It's listen, listen. I've been doing. I've I've been on the maggot train for some time now. Uh, <laughs> I think I, I'm going to be honest. I think it started as a joke, and then it turned into genuine effect affection for the character. And now I have been uh, I've been harassing uh, a handful of the friends I have who are making comics. Be like, hey, you know, if you if you, if you put maggot in this scene, I think it could really work out for you and lo and behold it has worked out for me i, I do believe well, like, uh, yeah, the, dude, i mean I, like i think i think vita put i think vita put him in like children of the atom and i was just like vita. delighted um i can yeah, either confirm it. or deny if vita put maggot in children of the atom because i begged them wow or as a, as right. a nice thing <laughs> that may or may not have happened uh but <laughs> You know, what? why did it take the world 20 years to finally accept the gift of Maggot? Well, you know, I mean, not to be too, you know, not to be too glib about it. I think, you know, some things just take a while to digest. Folks, our guest today has been Alex Packnado. Alex, why don't you, why don't you tell folks uh, what you've got coming soon now that I know the uh, the Unlimited story has just wrapped up as people are listening to this. Uh, you've got a couple of things on the horizon that's exciting. Uh, what, what do you got coming? Oh, thank you very much. Uh, okay, so um, if you pick up uh, Batman Urban Legends 17, which I think is out in July, um, I have uh, I have a Batman Black Adam, uh, a full-length Black Adam uh, Batman story in there um, uh, uh, with um, uh, Amakai Noel Pan who's fantastic, and, and of course, the great Geordie Belair. I, I've got a, 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 a miniseries coming up that I'm co-writing with Matt Rosenberg um, and an, uh, a wonderful artist called Pasquale Qualino uh, called uh, uh, DC versus Vampires All Out War. Um, again, issue one, that's going to be a six-issue series. Issue one drops in July. That's a lot of fun. Uh, that's just, you know... All out, uh, all out vampire evisceration. You know, just the way you like it. Um, I've maybe got some more Marvel stuff coming up. Um, mm. Maybe some long form stuff. Maybe some shorter form stuff. Maybe, maybe I didn't make too much of a stink around the X office. We'll see what happens there. So that's nice. Uh, some creator-owned stuff that's going to be announced very shortly. Um, I mean, I think it's safe to say because we've been sort of teasing around the edges. Um, I'm doing, I'm doing something with Casper Wingard, 
um, that I'm very, very excited about. If you check out his, um, his Instagram, um, he's put up some teaser art that's, uh, very, um, uh, sort of forested, forest themed, I'd say a bit arboreal. Um, so yeah, that's, 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 that's all in train and, um, I've got some uh, for anyone who's read my uh, my horror graphic novel Red Fork that came out through TKO. Um, mm-hmm. There's some more horror work coming up on the horizon as well, which I'm very yeah. I mean, it. I never think I have that much on, and then you sort of you you do the list and you realize you've got a ton. Uh, but yeah, in, in the immediate future, uh, Batman, uh, which is great because uh, a bunch of my buddies are working on Batman, which is awesome. Um, so I get to hang out with them for a little bit and also DC versus vampires. And, uh, one of the, one of the cast members in DC versus vampires is, um, is, uh, is Azrael. And although these are sort of technically, you know, it's, it's, a, it's, they're not in the same universe. You know, I've been working very closely with Dan to make sure that my, my Azrael, um, uh, uh, sort of uh, conceptually and, and on a character level sort of rhymes with his. So, you know, they're, they're, there's going to be a not, you know, it's not like a crossover or anything, but, you know, they will be, hopefully, if I've done my job correctly, they will be recognizably the same person. That's what we're kind of aiming for. Well, that sounds good. Excited uh, for what's coming up. Uh, folks, uh, if you like this podcast, go on and uh, check out everything else we're doing over at Comics XF. we got some really exciting uh Exciting stuff coming in the next little bit. Uh, so we're happy about that. Uh, Alex, thank you so much for uh, joining us today. Folks, uh, go check out all of the great stuff that's coming out. And until next time, this has been Battle of the Atom. We hope you survived the experience. Get it!